Hello everybody, welcome back to Tier 3 Podcast. I hope you all had a good Christmas and we're looking forward to the new year. And as we say, it's a new year, it's 2021, new season, but we are your favourite assholes that are going to host tonight. Let me introduce you to your favourite co-host, the man, the myth, the gravy stain, Beard. How are you doing, my man? I'm not doing bad, Jay. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, but, you know, got a Christmas buzz going on and just realising tonight now that I've got to uh, put the, my toys away. So, anything interesting happened to you over Christmas? Not a massive amount. Got what I wanted for Christmas, for my hobby. I uh, I got all the new uh, Special Plays card pack and I got some new paint racks to tie up my hobby shelves. Hobby-wise, that's about as exciting as it got. What about you? Well, for me, the missus decided that I had enough hobby stuff and especially with my challenge of uh, backlog be gone 2021 that i'm going to be doing she ended up getting me a new set of headphones so i can listen to your dulcet tones every couple of weeks with very good quality and then on top of that i've just uh i geeked out you know managed to fire back up the playstation picked up a few retro games and uh, i've just chilled out but so yeah if anybody's uh probably been following the game over man podcast they probably would have seen me posting uh shadow dancer pictures and just getting overly excited about a game that's like you know 12 bits yeah that's the fun isn't it ah, sometimes they're the best games you don't get the, a better game than shadow dancer or comics on because used to get away with so much stuff but i never realized how shit tall jam and hill was i think the uh the games that i played as a kid super mario Bros. i played a lot of played iron sword and i've been sorely tempted to dig out my old mess if i know where it is at my mum and dad's if they haven't got rid of it by now don't know the best thing is right don't know like everyone's going oh these games these days are so hard and it's so tough and you've got to like have a break because they're so long we never used to have a save card or anything like that when we were younger if we want nope. we wanted to complete a game we didn't socialize for a couple of days like you know oh yeah and you 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 prayed your mom and dad didn't come in and switch it off when you went to bed you you oh. prayed that the console could be left on overnight so when you got up in the morning you could carry on yeah but what you had to do then was you left it on, paused it, knocked the telly off, and then you try and cover the light. Yep. But nah, kids these days haven't got a fucking clue how hard it they was haven't. when you were younger. Just, just, just respawn and you know, or reload from your last save point. You got all your gear again. It's like no, no, no. When you run out of life, you're right back to the start of the game again. There's no, no upgrades, no extra health, no better weapons. You've got to go get all that shit again. Kids these days on games, ah, oh, it's totally different. I remember when I had um, the PlayStation, not the PlayStation station one the big chunky white one and yeah i had that and i had that save card and I, what what the fuck's a save and i had to save it and i was and you could only save like about three games to each card and you'd have a mountain of them you know? but yep. it was just like fucking hell this life was so much easier from that point you had 15 save blocks and when you found when you when you found a game that you really got into it, it was like seven save blocks it's like shit that's half my memory card then you have to sit there and go oh, what games can i delete but hey oh, we'd we'd, uh, we'd uh, diversion from uh, the topic well just before our last recording we had the errata drop didn't we but we did the biggest news i don't want to go into it now because we've got a super secret topic that we're gonna cover after i'm gonna just enlighten people a bit more after i talk shit about the the errata but yeah uh, we saw the errata and i hope this put a lot of uh conversations to bed that no it was intentional you can use as many re-rolls as you want in a turn granted you still can't re-roll a re-roll but yeah if you want to burn through your re-rolls early in the game more fool you just remember it's part of the game now is your re-roll management so be it was there anything in the errata that uh 
jumped out at you or you were just like, ah, bring it on. Let's, uh, let's try it and see what happens. Try it and see what happens, but the uh, the re-rolls in one turn, that's uh, that's a big one for me. Like you say, you can't re-roll a re-roll, but being able to use them all when you think about it. If you're, as a, as a halfling player, I'm going to go back to my uh, my root one of getting a ball up the pitch, throwing, throwing a halfling or a, or a snotling or a goblin. You throw a teammate, goes wrong. You can re-roll that. You re-roll the landing. You re-roll the dodges around. You re-roll the GFI if you've got all these re-rolls, which you should as a halfling if you bought your, your chef. Like you say, it's, it's more re-roll management and there will be a lot of people out there that will learn to play with zero re-rolls just so that they can use three and four re-rolls in one turn to get that, that touchdown that's needed to, to get the win or the, or the draw at the end. And I can see that being a big game changer. For me, that's the biggest change. I can see there's going to be a lot of end of half big plays because if you've managed well and say you had four re-rolls but you've managed to only use one through the entire half, well, you turn eight or you're setting up for a turn eight, you can burn those three and put yourself into an amazing position. So it could be we see more one-turn touchdowns or we're just going to see some wacky shit plays, which is going to be fun, yeah. which, you know, is a bonus if you can manage your re-rolls. So I'm not going to say it's a negative. It's just something different that people have got to get used to. And I think by now, there's been a lot of games played at home where people have realised it is a separate part of the game and, you know, are taking it in their stride. Before we go into Kickstart Corner, we have got a topic. I'm not going to spoil it now, but because of this topic, we managed to get a special guest on. So our special guest is going to be Tom from Two Drunk Rings. And I've got to be honest, I am well excited that we've managed to get a special guest on. So yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah, that was fun in games. And I hope you guys you know, enjoy the interview that uh, we give as much as we enjoyed it as well. So yeah, how was the experience of having a special guest on? I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was uh, it's nice to to see what other opinions are out there and, and actually just shoot shit with somebody on on our podcast see see what they think to what we have to say and yeah. to hear just out whether whether we're pissing into the wind with uh, the wrong kind of opinion or whether we're on board with what a lot of people are saying and hopefully in 2021 2022 we can uh, get our name out there a bit more because we want to do more for the community because I think we are discussing a possible tournament in 2022 we don't want to go and give a way too many facts this could be a possibility but we want to we want to get our, a name further up and if you guys enjoy listening to us i am gonna give a little bit of a spotlight to another show now is on twitch i think we'll be moved over to the two drunk flings community uh, page which they will do a podcast unite so once a month us and some of the big uk podcasts get together and we just shoot the shit over what's happening with uh, blood Bowl in general and if there's any questions that people want answered they ask us me and beard will give the wrong answer and then we listen to where everybody else dissect why we were wrong and give us the right answer and then i just take the piss and draw uh cocks on weird sort of angles there so if that's your type of thing guys keep an eye out for us we will put information up on our facebook page if you are on facebook leave us a like on there yeah I think I've shilled enough now, Beard, haven't I? Yep, I'd say so. So, over to Beard now with Kickstarter Corner and Beard. What have you got for us this time, bud? So, I've got a mix of things this time on the Kickstarter Corner. I'll start off with the usual traditional Blood Bowl teams. So, there's a female fantasy football dwarfs. Uh, if you look them up, they are on there by a Martin Pirsch. He's posting these pretty regular on the Blood Bowl community pages. Uh, there is 18 days to go on this at time of recording, so there should be still time to go. And these are a lovely 
lovely little set of female blood bowl dwarfs. They look great, very, very well posed. There's even a picture of a, a painted up chainsaw fanatic on the team. There's a beer babe painted up. There's a couple of berserkers, a couple of runners, two blockers. And it's it's not a bad little team. Looking at support, if you're just interested in the one miniature, you're paying about five euros. If you're just wanting the one to paint up, so if you're just looking for one star player, maybe to go up with your dwarfs, or if you're looking for 11, 12, or 16, you can pay anything from about 50 euros up to 80 for the full 16 woman team in this instance. Um, but they're, they're a great looking set. And like I say, progress of these has been regularly posted on the Blood Bowl community pages. I know he's had some really great feedback on how he's getting on with them, and he's showing step all the way from original sort of blobs of green stuff all the way right through to almost finished casts. What do you think to those, Jay? I actually quite like them because they give me a like second edition vibe. Mm. So I kind of like them. It's nice to see a female dwarf that I've got a tits down to her knees straight away. You know, yep. they do actually look athletic. You get, There's no beards on them, so you can't mistake them for men. And yeah, I think some of these could make interesting models. Like it's, a, it's a nice little set. It is. It's a lovely little set. Yes. And if you've got a girlfriend, partner, wife, they want to get into it and their favourite race in uh, Lord of the Rings is dwarves, well, you, you've got your way in by end of now, so. You have, and these have, uh, these have absolutely smashed their target. Their, uh, their target was about 260 quid and then on about 2,700. So if you do decide to pledge on those, you will be getting those because that will complete. And that's like, complete with uh, quite a few stretch goals as well, that one, isn't it? It is. It is. Now, the next one that I've got is something a little bit different. It's Gamers Chess. It's all-in-one tabletop game organiser. Now, this does work for a lot of other gaming systems, but there's a reason why I've picked this out specifically for Blood Bowl. So it's primarily a dice tower. However, it comes with, looking at it, 12, 14 tiles that slot inside that do various things, which we'll come on to four beer mat coasters uh, and one dice box also fits within the tower as well now these little trays that go in there they do all sorts of things so holding cards tokens chips your skill bands because a lot of people use little uh, elastic bands to denote skills and I think this is a great little thing because you, you regularly play games of Blood Bowl and you'll have all your little tokens like you bought the, uh, the coach's handbook with all little punch out card tokens you know you've got your coin for flipping you've got absolutely all sorts of bits and bobs on the side and if you haven't got anywhere to put them during your game this is a nice way a little ta- just tidy them up a little bit and this comes there's there's some really good videos showing how it all slots together you can choose this in a couple of different woods well there's a few alder maple cherry black walnut the black walnut looks lovely teak mahogany you can have it engraved on the front for an extra twenty dollars um so you can have your logo put on there and there's a leather dice mat that goes in for part of the bottom part of the tower for when the dice come out and it do- this does look a really great kit and this is something that again you could use for a lot of other games as well because of all the different little slots and tiles that go within it so this is this is something that i'm really debating buying for various games that, that me and the missus play and it looks to be about 10 inch tall maybe and looking at the the actual pledge itself then you are looking for a full set at about a hundred about 130 dollars which is about 100 pounds and this is coming august of uh, 2021 and looking at where they are with targets they were after about three and a half thousand pounds and it's about 180 grand so this one's done really really well what do you think to that one jay it's all right but uh, i don't think it's for me because i think if i want to get a dice tower i've got to then set project of a permanent pitch as well i got to travel to my local club you know the foldaway pitches are fine but if i go down the route of dice towers i'd want to like get a proper pitch made do the stands around it. that's a whole different ball game then so if people are interested in it go for it because it looks very well made yeah this is built for people like beard who get excited for 10 inches of wood yeah pretty much beard likes 10 inches of wood people look dirty bastard 
So, final thing that I've spotted. Now, this one. You moved on really quickly then, but I have. You got very excited about this when I uh, when I dropped this one over to you. Now, this is Raven Twin Miniatures Secrets of the Ages, and it's their first campaign. Now, I'm going to get to the, the good stuff in a second, but they were only after about 450 quid, and it's already at 11 grand. So, this is something that is easily going to be out there. Now, there's a massive, massive range of minis on here. And with this, what you do is you opt for your pledge, and you pledge to them for the amount that you're after rather than different pledge amounts already preset because they have so many different minis on there now they've got quite a lot of size comparison photos of their lizard men giants various saurus slan elders shall we say against as they call them other brand models or as we'll refer to them games workshop models now with these casts look absolutely stunning and there's all sorts on there there's the range mainly looks like it's set at age of sigma and other fantasy style games however there is a full Blood Bowl Lizard Men team on there for 50 euros. 18 miniature team plus coin and three balls, looking at it, and a coach. And that includes the Crocs as well. However, there's more in there than just that that I was looking at. So their range of Lizard Men for a start off is huge. You've got all the big sores for Age of Sigmar, but we'll, we'll skim past those. You've got various skinks that you can use if you're looking for different skink models that they sell 10 skinks for 20 euros. So if you're just looking for specifically skinks, you know, some people like to run uh, a lizard men team of skinks and one crocs you can buy skinks and one crocs from them if you really want they have a great range of saurus models but not just lizard men themes there's also on there a few knights so if bretonians are your thing it will cost you a wedge to do a team of bretonians from their range because you've only got about four however they do have a damsel which looks like it'd make an absolutely great wood elf coach or star player but then coming a little bit further on then they sell bull centaurs which you would need to put them on a uh, a 40 or 50 mil base which given the new pitch size you can probably just about get away with and you are looking at the bull centaurs being 30 euros but they've got a range of three different bull centaurs with weapons which you can easily take the weapons off they sell dwarf slayer looks rather nice they've got a range of three I'm sorry for betting in my end but yeah when you showed me these I thought these were fantastic and I, I will say if anybody listening knows Raven Twin Miniatures guy or is, you know is in a community page with him just let him know that we've seen this and they're amazing and give him your opinions as well because considering he only wanted was it £460 or something like that for his pledge yep. if something ridiculously low they're amazing miniatures and he's made up to wear fancy battles style armies he's made a Blood Bowl team yep. easily he could put together a very well-made chaos dwarf team he could he could easily make his own wood elf team or just even if he just released the tree men because i think the tree men variants that he's got are absolutely stunning they look imposing it outshines gw's uh tree man oh easily easily i'm not saying that because i'm not a fan of gw's tree man i'm just saying it because it's the fucking truth because it's shit <laughs> You really don't like the tree man, do you? Oh, no, but, you know, I'm consistent. I consistently hate the bastard. I'm going to say it now. I'll probably end up saying it again after, right? You know it's bad when GW got to make a point that they put a squirrel in the fucking tree and say, oh, look, it's the tree, it's the puppet that we've been using for some of our little shit little adverts. It, it's the same one. And then they got to make a fucking card to play him. So people are just buying the tree man just for the star player because it's ridiculously good. And 80,000 or whatever gold 
gold pieces. They made some obscure fucking star player to sell it. So it just proves how shit it is. They, they never intended on selling a tree man. It was always about Acorn the Squirrel and you got a free tree man with every squirrel that you bought. That's how they've done it. It's, oh, it's... it's, it's... <laughs> Well, while you calm down, I'll carry on with this Kickstarter. So yes. they've, you mentioned a couple of things that I was going to come on to. They've got Chaos Dwarfs, and these look absolutely gorgeous. 10 Chaos Dwarfs, 20 euros. And they've got them with axes, with shields and, ha- and axes, or shields and spears. And they do look like they could easily be converted. Just chop the weapons off, a little tweak here and there on the hands and elbows, and these could easily be a Blood Bowl team. Um, I was working it out just before we went live. You could get two Bull Centaurs, 60 euros, 10... Uh, 10 dwarfs, 20 euros, so that's you on 80 euros. And then you buy one or two of the engineers that you've got for another 12 euros for two of them. And you're talking for, what, 92 euros, so probably, what, 60, 70, 75 quid, something like that. You've got a tidy Chaos Dwarf team there. I know you'll need a couple of Hobgoblins, but they're not exactly uh, hard to find out there. Find them of the quality of these might be. And as you quite rightly said, they've got a couple of tree men on there. They've got a standing still one with the branches coming out on the hand as if stretching out. And they've got a walking tree man. And these look like they're strength six tree men. But they also have giants where you can actually order the right hand, the left hand and the head to exactly what you want. So you don't have to stick with their just stock option giant. And it does. You say there's a future uh, sporting giant in the making, but they quite possibly. Um, they haven't put mm. the dimensions of the giant on the. Uh, as they have with some of the others where they've put the base size. So it's difficult to say what the uh, what the size of the giant is, but I am sorely tempted by pledging for uh, a bull centaur or two and some chaos dwarfs. I'm sorely, sorely tempted by this. I'm, uh, I might even be Googling right now how much 80 euros is in pounds just to find out. Putting it at 71.63. So yeah, if you're interested, you can get a uh, a rather nice looking chaos dwarf team for 80 quid, which isn't isn't bad at all. What do you think of those? I think they're lovely miniatures. I would like to see him do rather than somebody paying 80 pound and then having to do all the chops and everything themselves i would like to see this company do their own set of fancy football miniatures but if you were willing to put that effort effort in on these kickstarter projects go for it because they look very well made the sculpts look amazing i gotta be honest i think if I saw this a couple of months ago, I might have been tempted to pick up some of the Bretonian-looking guys to make a Brett team because they just look really good. It's a, the cast on them is amazing, so well detailed. You'd swear they were GW models. That's everything I've got on Kickstarter corner this month. Right then, without further delay, we are gonna go to our main topic after the music we are going to introduce you to tom from two drunk flings and it's going to be the main body of the podcast so guys i hope you enjoy please let us know what you think of it yeah guys we will see you on the flip side we will We are back and this is the main topic that we wanted to discuss which is because we know a lot of people on Blood Bowl community have said they came back into Blood Bowl now there's a new edition. We wanted to try and be helpful and say what 
you could do to be proactive in looking for a, a new club or what to expect in tournaments. To help us with this, we have got a special guest, and I am proud to say he is a Two Drunk Flings cast member. I want to introduce you to Tom, everyone. Say hello, Tom. You're right, everybody. Well, I don't know if I can be counted as a cast member currently, because I actually haven't been on an episode, apart from the uh, podcast Unites. I haven't actually been on the podcast release. The Christmas one got um, recorded before I could get involved, sadly. So I'll be hopefully on the next one. But was it Two Drunk Flings Horse podcast Unite? Yeah, and I'll guess so. There you go. I've done two of them, so that's fine. So, do you want to tell our audience a little about yourself? Yeah, of course. So, I... I've only just got back into Blood Bowl. Um, well, I was actually planning to get into Blood Bowl 2016 because I had no idea that 2020 was coming. Um, and I just started creating a Wood Elf team mainly because I wanted to convert some models. So I've converted uh, Warcry models to my Wood Elves. And then 2020 came, which was a bit of a surprise. And I basically, I used to run a podcast myself called Chronicles from the Underhive, which was a Necromunda podcast. But I, after two years, we finished and without the podcast I didn't have that drive for Necromunda as much I found the rules were getting a bit out of control and I wanted to go back to something I used to play on the PC and the Xbox quite a lot which was Blood Bowl 2 and play a game where the rules were a bit more set in stone and so I tried to work out how I was going to engage in tournaments bits and pieces which is kind of why I'm here today and then COVID happened and I actually haven't been able to physically play a game of Blood Bowl. I've actually played two games of physical Blood Bowl ever um, on the board game. And I've played, well, I looked actually, I was going to play Liam Friday, I'm hoping on our new Twitch channel. And I looked at my stream and it was 213 hours of it on the PC. And now I've been playing it loads on the Xbox. So God knows how long I've played Blood Bowl on the computer for. But in regard to the board game, I was looking forward to getting into it um, just before I didn't, like I said, I didn't know 2020 was coming. And then COVID happened and all these games that I would have hopefully been playing in these tournaments, they've all just gone to the wayside currently. But yeah, that's what I'm here. Yeah, we know the feeling because we were all excited to go meet the cast of Two Drunk Flings at Sin City because mm. if you followed us on Instagram we were doing a tier 3 tour before, you know, before the podcast started because we were like, getting really excited playing games actually trying to take it semi-serious about uh, learning the rules and making sure that we knew how to play our halflings half decent so we had a good show in but yeah then Covid struck and then we were all up shit creek really when we semi-serious you, you'd already planned the uh the breakfast stops on the way up to derby <laughs> i ain't driving on an empty stomach my friend i'll tell you what now <laughs> have you seen the size of me i'm like <laughs> like a fucking bull of course i'm gonna plan breakfast stop well before i worked out the hotel for sin city because I was, I was still hoping it was going to go ahead because it was it's still due for february and we're not 100 percent on whether it's happening or not but i'd already worked out where I was going to park my car for the evening so that I wouldn't, I'd be able to get to the tournament and to the pub and back to the hotel without having to use my car. Yeah, no, that's forward thinking. I like that. <laughs> that, that. That's planning. Fortunately, it might be, I haven't actually booked the hotel yet because I just didn't, I couldn't be bothered to try and move it along or anything. I was just going to, you know what, I'll wait and see. But Bloody yeah. Hell. yeah, it's a pain. So at the moment then, since it is still booked for February, yeah? Yes, but 
But well, we don't know what this new announcement's going to be, what tiers anyone's going to be in or anything yet, whether we're allowed to even trump near somebody or, or yeah, God knows. So until they've decided what's acceptable. I, I reckon by February it's going to be like seven tiers. And yeah. I think on the seventh tier... If you were caught outside, Boris gets a paddle you or something like that. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I think we're going to get to tier 19. And it'll be if you even dare thinking about going outside, they're going to come and brick your front door up. So you've got minority report then? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I, I, I think it's going to go that far at this rate. Uh, Boris doesn't want to go near me with a paddle. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> But also, I was thinking the only way we could run it is to say that we declare ourselves a primary school because for some reason everyone want they, they still want them open. So we could just say we're a primary school rather than a blood bowl event, and we'll be open and fine, and we can breathe on each other and pass the virus around. That's good because I could say I'm bringing my special friend Beard with me, you know, and all he's got to shout is Disneyland every five minutes. <laughs> Adult supervision, there exactly. You go. We just declare yeah, ourselves right. a primary school, and and we're good. Yeah, blood bowl comp, ah, blood bowl primary. There you go. That's it. Let's do it. Br- bringing a whole new meaning to uh, the playground game, British Bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get to wear my armor that's just covered in spikes. Tom's not doing weapons at all, is he? Bring it on. <laughs> my weapons—they're just gloves with spikes on. T- Tom don't take his blood bowl seriously. He's coming to Sin City dressed as a black hawk. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, the problem will be is I'll be worried when I'm turning around and spiking people. You don't worry about that, but Exactly, you're eliminating the competition by any means necessary. What, oh, no, I think it was American Dad. I'm trying to think of the one where the, the devil was turning around spiking people in the eye. I can't <laughs> remember what cartoon that was, but wherever he turned, he was... I know it might have been Family Guy. He's just spiking somebody in the face. That's what I'd end up doing. I, I use that as an excuse to talk to people. Oh, sorry. By the way, I'm Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you'll definitely remember me. <laughs> we have known now that people are coming back into it. So they've picked up the box, they've painted their models, but they want to play games. Say, family at home are like, Ugh, you stupid nerd, I don't want to play that game. Ugh. So they've got to go out and find like-minded people. On a club level, I know a lot of people are going to say, go to the NAF website, because any... NAF uh, confirmed leagues will be on there and they'll have all the information there on how to run one but I know a lot of viewers are not NAF registered because I think we've got like a 50-50 split so if you were not NAF registered Tom what do you think of the best thing to do when you go looking for, a t- for looking for a new club is i guess it just depends on what you look i mean i'm honestly not that fussed if my losses of my first couple of games ever turned up on the NAF uh, league anyway so i i moved to bedford about a year maybe a little bit more than a year ago and mm-hmm. it's about trying to find where your local gaming stores are it certainly helps i mean i kind of went about it in an arse about way with this because with blood bowl anyway because with all the other ones i've wanted i've known a group of people and then tried to get them interested in the game whereas with this where you said your local gaming club pays a lot of 40k and so does ours thankfully i found someone who's interested in wanting to play blood bowl it honestly depends on what you're looking for i mean to start with i'm only looking to play the one-off games or tournaments and not league it honestly depends on what it is that you're aiming if you if do you want regular league games that count towards something or do you want to just play and hang out and 
and have a, a laugh. I know you can obviously do that in leagues as well. But my thing was just to play one-offs and tournaments. I wasn't really that fussed with progression of models unless it was just in that tournament itself. Yeah. But I kind of, like I said, I went in a kind of arse about way because of where I've done the podcast before. I just thought, well, I, what I could even do is just try and see if I can get involved in any podcast in any way and see what Facebook groups are available. And fortunately, Blood Bowl's a, a nice enough group where most of the time people are quite friendly and jolly especially when you see them face to face that I was able to just get involved in a podcast and get my information then from there because it's daunting when you're especially if bug balls for the first time and you wanted to go to a tournament because this is why I wanted to get involved and know people first because when you go to the tournament you get a tournament pack and then there's slightly different rules like I found out talking to the guys from the two drunk flings the way you build your roster is going to be slightly different to how you build it in the league yeah. and all these bits and pieces and if I had to then try and do that all on my own without anybody to guide me I think it would put me off and I think it's just the important thing is getting some people who actually know what they're talking about and are happy to actually provide that support before you then try and take a leap of faith into a league or into a tournament because if I'm I, I have done it before but I'm not a great fan of literally just turning up at somewhere and not knowing anybody not knowing anything and then turning up and then realizing your list isn't correct or whatever it would I know a lot of people suffer from anxiety and things like that and just jumping two feet into a unknown situation would just put people off yeah so I think I've gone completely off what your question was actually asked but <laughs> I think the thing would have been I would say to try and find some people first who have an interest and you can then just go from there so I wouldn't even tr- just like just go into NAF and find a league and just bang off I would go into like a podcast group like if you're listening to a podcast and the people there are the people hosting the nice guys and bits and pieces the likelihood is that the group that they run or the fan page that they run on Facebook and stuff will be full of like-minded people it won't be full of people who are rude or asses or whatever so you just introduce yourself you say you're listening and blah 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 and you ask the questions and you start chatting to people and then you get the answers that you need before you then go off and start looking for leaks because you might even find a lot of the people who listen are generally from the regions where the people doing the podcasts are from so a lot of the people from the derby area will be listening to the two drunk flings and automatically when you start talking to people in that group there will already be people being part of those leagues and go yeah we do this league come see me when you're there and i'll introduce you to people and that's it done you already know there's someone as soon as you walk in you can say is is dave there or dave whatever because it'll probably be 62 daves but you would then know that they automatic you've got someone who you can go and say hello to who can then introduce you off from there that's how i would generally do it i wouldn't just take a massive leap of faith i would get involved start chatting to people in a facebook group and then start getting that information from there i don't know if that answered any of your question at all but that answered uh, quite a lot of questions really but the main one i learned from that is if you're going to join any group, get in on the podcast level first. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah. the game, just get in on the podcast. But no, on a serious note, you've, um, well, 
you give a few answers there, which I know me and Beard have spoken about previously. So let's break it down a bit. Mm. Like you said, you said about joining Facebook pages. So like you said, podcast Facebook page. I know there's the Blood Bowl community that we all love, especially when you see somebody having a fucking piss and moan about any trivial little thing because it makes me laugh when the people are... What was the one the other day? Oh, a few. Shit. I think it was... Oh, this guy got in, into a discussion with his opponent because his opponent went to blitz him, rolled a double skull twice. So in his head, he should have been able to use Mighty Blow on his opponent. And I was like... No, you, it's only when you were players activated, not when the other guys run into you and fucking falling on his ass straight away. Oh, he wanted to use Mighty Blow as the injury to the guy who just punched himself in the face. Yeah, and you're like, oh, come on. Come on, just... <laughs> so, you know, play the game, be fair. You know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a little bit naughty. But with people like that, it's still a treasure trove on there. Because like you said, you find like-minded people. You can also find from there if there's people in your area. And then that's when you can divert into different pages then. Like you said, you can say, oh, well, I'm from, say, the Derby area. So we hang out in this club. Come check out the Facebook page. Because I know Firestorm, i got to plug the affiliate by her. Mm. Uh, Firestorm have got the general page. They've also got a Blood Bowl of Firestorm page. So that's people who play Firestorm regular, uh, play, uh, play Blood Bowl of Firestorm regularly go there. So that's if you are in the Cardiff area, I would message them on there. Then, like you said, uh, if anybody's turning up and they've like been talking to, you can arrange to meet up and you can introduce yourself to them first. They can show you around. With us then, we've got the Ronda Gaming Club, which is close to me as well. And again, if you introduce yourself on there, it's another community of like-minded people that will say, turn up, I'll introduce you to, say, Jay. He plays Blood, Blood Bowl. And he can answer your questions about the game. You can t- ask about. The, you can answer ones about the club. And like you said, that's your way in. And you found it on Facebook before you even left the door to suss out if that's the gaming club for you. That's yeah, definitely. And that's the thing is that you can tell a lot of the time, even from a conversation with somebody, what it's going to be. But even if you do turn up to the, that local gaming club and it and it's not at what you wanted it to be, then you know you go somewhere else. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, unless you're in the middle of literally nowhere, then you, it's probably a bit harder. But it, you, you can just find it. And like, I had to go to my local gaming club at least four or five different times before I now found a group of people who we regularly pay not even games workshop games but we regularly play just completely random games and now one of them is wanting to get black into blood bowl which means i know i can already play with them but don't get cut off on your first go just you will eventually because like i say that that guy who picked up the dice straight away and you never got to see them like that was my first game and i think that it was my first game because he wanted the game and so I just ended up being that person and that could have put me off entirely. But yeah. I just carried on and found someone else to play with and it just went from there. As with any walk of life, you will always find people that you don't get on with. But the likelihood is that you'll also, even if you have one bad game, just play with someone else the next game. And you could be the best person to play with. You just don't know if, it, if you get put off by one, then you're not going to get very far. I, I completely agree with that. I, my first trip to Firestorm, playing 40k years ago, I played one guy and three people came up to me in an hour and said, oh, you don't want to play this guy, he cheats. Or you don't write his list properly. It's like, first time there. You know, first time meeting people I didn't know at that club. Second time I went down, met a mate of mine, Phil. I've played him at 40k since I moved down to Wales and that was 10 years ago. Still meet up with him regularly now. He's, he's not so well now, but he's um, 
he's into his 40k, his Blood Bowl, his 30k, amongst other games. And he, he was totally different. I think it took me about five years to beat him because he was such a good 40k player. But it was more the atmosphere of how we enjoyed playing our games because we used to set up more narrative games. Nothing to do with the fact that I was crap at 40k. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Y- your first experience might not necessarily be your best experience. Like you say, go down a couple of times. Some some gaming stores are big enough to have a couple of different clubs that hang out there. Mm. Firestorm certainly is. So you might meet one club the first time you go there. You might meet a different club the next night you go down. And you might work out which one's for you. Or you might, like you say, you might get chatting to a couple of people and realize these guys don't play games sort of the laid back way I do. Or I want to take it a bit more seriously. These guys are far too laid back. So to try it a couple of times, you're absolutely right. Go go to, go to back and forth a club. A lot of clubs have forums as well, as well as Facebook pages where you can arrange games. You can arrange, you can find out what times they're open, things like that, which is always a good thing to go looking for. Because mm, I'm, I'm from London. So being so packed, there was there was always at least three or four gaming clubs that I could have gone to in where I was from in Enfield. Found the one that worked. There was one that was closer, but they were, they were way more serious, which was fine because they were all serious and they all knew exactly what they wanted from that game. It's just that wasn't for me. So I ended up with the Overlords and that was that was a lot more narrative ones. And um, you just, yeah, you just keep trying until you find the one that, that works for you. Like I say, with Blood Bowl being the way it is, it's not a lot of in the It's just still another game where you can just get out anywhere, play it at Bugman's on a, while you're eating a burger sort of thing, and you just get it done. But yeah, yeah well, apart from COVID, you can't go anywhere. But. It's not like you need like a hundred bucks. If you just want to use core inducements, core teams, you would just go, okay, I'm just going to carry the rule book around. But if you've got the rule book, you've got access to every team that they've released so far. So, you, so if somebody turns around, oh, well, my, my, Werewolf is movement nine. You go, mm, is it really? Because in my book, it's going to be less likely people are going to try and push the boundaries a bit with it because they know that they can always be checked upon because yeah. everyone's got a copy of their team. So I'm not saying that there are players out there that, that are like it, but they may be, maybe, but the way it is done, it keeps them in check. At most, all you've got is the PDF with the legacy teams and maybe spike but even them uh currently at 2016 so so new spikes may add a bit of flavor but at the most you're carrying one magazine and and again, like you say the rule book and the downloads which is four pages i think legacy yeah that's it yeah it's about it so it's it's not like you've got to you've got to carry everything and nobody can check your stats as well so i think blood bowl players are a little bit more honest than 40k players on that front because i've had a bad experience with 40k players because like don't get me wrong i fell out at um, 6.5 edition you know where they started doing the formations part of it and then mm. that just killed me off I was like nah I'm out so like you know they were they were people like oh my rules are this oh, can, I, can I double check our rule can, can I borrow your book and have a read oh 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 yeah 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 oh, and then you say no well that rules not what you said oh I must I must be thinking of another rule at another in another book and it's just like just why why are you trying why do you I just say that with an Orlock leader there they were claiming that their ballistic skill was like a two plus and I knew it wasn't. So I was like, oh, can yeah. you, can we just check that? And he's like, oh no, it's a three plus. It's like, yeah, no, I do know this, but yeah. um, you're just talking BS as well. But it was, it was just weird. It's, the, with like I say yeah with a blood bowl you can it's like oh I'm playing this against this team okay well at most you've got a set amount of models that you know they can only have this many werewolves or this many things and you can look in your book and go okay well that movement I know is this yeah so much easier like I said it's um I think it's a, it's a gentleman's game all blood bowlers but anyway before we carry on we've said about using Facebook to find clubs we've also said about visiting clubs if we're going to visit clubs I want to 
speak to club organizers direct i don't know whether there's any listening but if they are this is for you please please keep those whack players busy on the nights that you get new players come in <laughs> because yeah. i i've uh, i'm so glad i'm bold because tom you've said this about certain players beard have mentioned it as well right but oh uh, if i wasn't bold i'd be pulling my hair out because i'm not gonna name names in my local club but there was this kid come in he spoke to me one week and he saw me and griff playing blood bowl so he spoke to him he said yeah blood bowl is a nice simple game and i even went at the moment it's on sale this is how long ago it was i mean it's on sale at the moment go play it online if you like it come back i'll lend you a team and you can try out the board game see what do you what do you think of it oh that's a really good idea didn't see him for two weeks he came back and instead of the club organizer saying you want to play jay just wait five minutes once he's finished his game he'll show you about you went oh no i'm gonna send you to whack player a and you just and he was like right hi this is the new player let him play this game and he stomped him so bad that i felt bad you know watching it across the room because mm. i could see what he's doing and i could hear what he was saying i was just like oh my fucking word why have you matched him up because like i could see that he that kid the kid's soul was shattering like you know he was like well this is not what i've signed up for this is i signed up for a fun game i'm not having fun yeah <laughs> So I was like, oh, that's what I give. We've we've all we've all been on the receiving end of one of those games when you've you've gone to a new club or you've started a new game and somebody thinks that they seem to know how to play the game. Yeah, all they do is either netlist or like you say it's whack. Whereas having been around various games for a few years, for me, I think the best thing you can do for your first few games is play against somebody who just does narrative games yeah. or just does just does stuff for fun because you you're gonna have a more well rounded experience if you look at other games where you're not as limited for your roster choices for instance they'll throw things in there that you don't see as often or they'll go this is really thematic and cool so I'm going to do this instead you tend to have a lot more fun playing those people because they don't think I must have every point every second of this game I must be controlling everything I must have the ball at all times do you know what I mean they'll, they'll do things because it seems more fun to do it yeah. yeah you're absolutely right whack players keep them away from your new players at least for the first two or three games so they get to enjoy the game and they want to come back to your club then you can use them uh, you can wail on them then once you well, they, they keep coming back then once you've paid the yearly membership to the club then you can start yeah. beating them up but the only issue that i found was that the overlords were really good with this two main ones uh stevie and uh lyle who would generally when the new person came they would make sure that they were available to play the first game and they would make sure that they then didn't get stomped but the only negative i ever found for them was that they then didn't always get to play a game that they want to play and I think if they delegated a little bit more with people that they knew were were very similar mindset then it would have been a lot better but I'm, I know my first game was against one of them um, and I know that that's what they tried to do and I think if they had a pool of maybe five or six people it wouldn't yeah. affect it wouldn't affect them so much but I did sometimes see that they then couldn't get to play the game they wanted to because someone new turned up so they then said okay well I'll give you a game and you could see that they were gearing up to play a game of their own so I think it's a great idea but they do need to make sure that those people who are doing that there's enough of a pool of them that, that the same two people aren't doing that every time because it can have an impact on them as well and they then yeah. get burnt out and they're like i can't be bothered to play that that young guy 
or whoever it is. So yeah, it's just about, it is a great idea and it does certainly help. Don't get me wrong, I can understand that it can be frustrating if you want to play a certain game, but then you get pulled aside. But this is where I think perhaps chatting to like the group organiser on Facebook could be helpful was because you could say, I'm going to come and observe I'm going to, and I'm going to bring my team. Don't need to play, but at least let me observe. Perhaps they could turn around and say, oh, well, well I know so-and-so, good guy A wanted to play a certain game. Perhaps, oh, well, good guy G, he's free because he's waiting for a pickup game. Perhaps I could have a chat with him and just say, look, have a soft game or introduction game with new guy. And then, you know, as long as you've got like a network of them, it's all right. But that's the benefit of Blood Bowl and Necromunda is that you can have, even if it is, it's just a quick game. Whereas if yeah. it was 40k, that beginning game could last hours and that person never yeah. gets that game. Yeah. Like I said, I've just got a thing against whack players because it feels, especially with new players, that it's like a dog pissing on the carpet for the territory why do you feel what do you feel threatened by this new person do you think that this new person who has not played more than 20 minutes of that game is going to beat you? Do you is that why you is that why you're trying to curb stomp them it, to me i just don't understand the mentality of it because perhaps it's me perhaps i'm not open-minded enough to think about majorly competitive play but to me blood bowl is a fun game and that's why i play halflings because i don't give a shit if i win or lose as long as i've done something dumb on the pitch that's a game for me i've had fun and halflings and goblins have been teams that I've played and I've just gone yeah it doesn't matter if I win or lose I've just enjoyed the experience it's great because I'm not in that mindset I don't understand it but I just don't see the need to do that straight away I f- I think it's going to be off-putting for that person because like if you've done it one week perhaps they gone perhaps it's not the club for me but like you said yeah they need, they're going to end up playing them eventually because you're all in the same club you can only mm. play everybody a certain amount of times anyway before you get on to getting curb stomped but yeah, especially if you're playing league exactly that's what I'm saying is perhaps it should be a soft start for them mm. two or three weeks get some get some money off them then curb stomp them as Beard said like we've said guys don't don't feel you've got to play straight away you can have a feeling out period for clubs so whether that be a week or two where you just walk around look at other people's games have a little chat to them because they most people in clubs are really friendly that if you if you go oh do you mind answering the question you can say oh yeah that's fine that's brilliant but don't be afraid to ask questions that's my other point I'm going to say so if if you want to ask questions or if something's happening that you see and you don't understand don't be scared to ask them to explain it or if you're playing a game and it's a rule you haven't played ask them to explain it to you or even if it's a case of like i have a conversation with my opponent if i haven't played the game before say like, say i've started a league and i play a necromantic well i have never played against a necromantic before i go oh well what's the movement on so and so all the skills have they've got oh. so like you said before it's a conversation between two players you get to know how they your team sorted how your team stacks against um perhaps they can because you're quite open for a conversation perhaps they're happy to give you advice as you're playing mm. and yeah it's a nice easy way of of interacting with people and it's another feeling out process be it have you got anything to add to this yeah just sort of on the back of that when you are stopping and wandering around and asking questions feel free to hover over tables and watch what's going on and ask how people have painted things ask people like oh what's your what's your your reasoning for taking this list or this roster 
roster or what if you really I don't know if you're new to Blood Bowl and you can't decide on what teams you spot a game going on it might be we'll say Orcs versus Nobility out of the new box set and you can't make your mind up ask somebody why do you like playing Orcs or what are Orcs bad at doing just sit and watch how it goes watch how people interact and I, I think for me Blood Bowl is one of those games where you don't have to sit and watch seven or eight turns you're not watching 900 dice rolls because some turns can be literally two or three minutes if that it can be one action and it's over and then your next mm-hmm. the next turn is one action and it's over again you know, so it, it can be very back and forth but Blood Bowl players are a lot more open to talking to you about what they're doing and why they're doing it because it's much more of a fun pickup game in comparison to other games so hover around and watch what people do I find with Blood Bowl you find a lot of people will say I'm doing this because this rule does this or I've rolled a 7 mighty blow 8 that's an injury they'll reference the rules as they're playing so you'll pick things up just by by watching and, and asking and a lot of people are, are quite happy to answer questions that you have especially as a new player as well but yeah stop and ask questions of people watch the games as they're going on the thing is you can tell quite quickly whether someone's willing to be the chatty person or not when you start asking questions so you can just go to a table and ask them this and that and the other and you'll be able to pick up pretty fast whether they're the sort of people who will answer your questions and play the game at the same time or please don't talk to me I'm playing this game but again with Blood Bowl it's not such a don't find that as often as other games like I said Blood Bowl community in general other than the ones that are skimming the rules with fine tooth comb is a really accepting community and I think they're great for it so you know hats off to the community for that but Tom have you got anything else you want to add to joining clubs no not really just you, it's just about research beforehand I think just not ruining your experience just find someone my main one is just finding someone that you know that you can go in and ask for their name straight away and not just go in there blind because yes people are friendly generally but if they're playing games and they're talking to people they already know if you were going to a pub and someone just walked in and then just started having a conversation with you while you were with your friends you would find that a little off whereas if you know someone and they're like oh okay you must be blah 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 come and come and sit it's a lot to just yeah. have at least their name and just say I'm here to see blah 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 even that icebreaker to some random person will be enough to say oh okay this is that person and off you go whereas just walking in and just standing there it does get awkward and the people playing the game say should I go over and say something why is no one going and it just makes it weird so it's just mm-hmm. about getting a bit of research first and just getting a name of at least one person before you put yourself out there and just say okay I'm looking for this person and then you're off no that's true enough and boys you've come come up with fine ideas they've been amazing can also say when I put the question out to the community on our page if you're not following us on Facebook we are tier 3 podcast come find us like the page but we're also active on the Blood Bowl community same as Tom because mm. you active under the Two Drunk Flings banner on you yeah I have to keep remembering to write that that's me when yes. I'm writing because Alan often forgets and and I know Liam's quite good at it, but um, there's so many of them that they sometimes forget who, to say who they are uh, on it. Um, and then sometimes I forget to flip from my personal thingy to the two drunk flings one. So I know I've put posts up, but I've been asked to do the Facebook and the Instagram and soon to be Twitch as well. Um, so a lot of the posts are from me, but the guys do jump in and do bits as well. But it's just remembering to write our names as to who's speaking at that one time because you can never tell. Exactly. I make the same mistake as well because every time I put something, I always edited afterwards to say oh it's Miss J <laughs> but yeah come find us guys and you will find Tom mm. on there as well and uh, Two Drunk Flings and you also find Tom because I've, I've seen him post a few times when he remembers to put his own thing on and what else when 
you're in the club and you you were interested in playing Blood Bowl, the only point that I can give is go with a team that you like the look of to begin with. If you were going to le- learn the rules, let it be with something that you were going to enjoy painting. And you might not keep the team for long. You might keep it for a couple of months, say. It might be like a six-month period. Then you turn around and say, I don't want that team. I want a different team. Because I know when I started, I learned the rules playing Orcs, which give me a good grasp of the game because they're a good benchmark. They're a mid-tier team. They're better hitting than they are throwing, but they are still a good introduction team. And then I, t- I travel the board then. I went, I end up going to Chaos because I like to look at them, finish painting and played them a couple of times. I went, okay, I'm good at the hitting game, but I want to try perhaps passing. So I went to Dark Elves. And then I decided I don't want to take the game too serious because, Tom, I don't know whether you were found it. But when you play a team that is half decent, you, you, I don't know about you, but it, I know I did. I constant, I was concentrating a bit more, and you know, it, it was could I, could I win by a point? Could I lose by a point? You know, or could I get the tie? I was concentrating more on the points in general, and then when I gravitated towards flings because they are absolutely amazing models. You know, they're not bed sheets with the the clothesline attached, but I found the fun of the game and. I took I took more joy in how the opponent played and got the win like than say my team. So I it's like the fun aspect of Blood Bowl and if that's your type of thing, find that. But if you want to be competitive, go for go for that. Try it out and then just try and find your niche. Yeah. I think it keep you motivated as well because like I say, I made my wood elves just because of the conversion idea I had in my head, but yeah. you'll you'll play an agility team, and then you'll be like, you know what? I've never played a bashing team, so then you'll go onto that, and then okay, well, I want some silliness with a stunty team, so you fancy using a chainsaw, so you make a goblins and the wrecking balls and stuff, and yeah, you'll play very. I know my mindset will be very different. That I'd, if I was playing, say, dwarfs, for example, I'd be. I don't think I'd play dwarfs, but if I do, then it would be a lot of the time very similar play style, but you would be more looking win whereas goblins you may be trying to take out as many people with your fanatic before he chokes himself with with the ball itself like and yeah. you are deliberately with the halflings i'll i've never launched so many i'll i'll throw my players even when i don't need to because you don't get to do that with any other team um and you just you are playing for a laugh at that point exactly right there beard have you got anything to add to this conversation now yeah so i'm just echoing what you two have said really buy a team that you like the look of to start off with paint it up and uh, get yourself down to your local club and then once you've had a couple of games, branch out to other playing styles. So if you started with something agility, give a bash team a go. Once you're giving a bash team a go, have a go with stunty team or a bit of a mixed team. See what style suits you. There you go then. So yeah, guys, I hope through our discussion here that you can see where we're coming, th- coming from on the chat about joining game clubs or your first league of Blood Bowl 2020. It's take the time to, like we said, to research your the gaming clubs in your area it's it's easy enough to do as we've pointed out more importantly spray before you go as well don't want to be known as that guy nobody wants that guy yeah am i fearing that one guys well i definitely saw when you put the question up uh, hygiene came up very highly on pretty much everyone's list yes yes i was gonna say that one everyone was like wash bring spray bring a separate spray in case uh the first one runs out just don't be the dirty bastard that... have a proper shower I'm, sh- I'm sure i read somewhere on a facebook thread months ago about somebody who built a nurgle team and then doused the underside of each model with like well like fart spray fart spray yeah and loads 
loads of people were kicking off because obviously they picked his models up, turned his and they were all over their hands then. And it apparently stunk the venue out. So like as much as that was taking the theme of, of the event and the, and the team as far as possible, sometimes it's too far. Corn would be messy. <laughs> What's his blood doing underneath it? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the skull gone? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had to kill five pigeons to get enough skulls. <laughs> And that's just for my acorn star player. Ah. <laughs> but no, by this noogle fart spray guy, don't be the twat either. Don't be a twat. Spray. Wash. Even wash your ball sack. Shave if you must, if you get sweaty. Just fucking be the clean guy. You're never going to get um, anyone saying, oh, he smelled too nice. Or <laughs> yes. I didn't notice the smell of the odor, um, like body sweat on him or anything like that. You, you know there's a problem when someone like starts gagging instead of talking to you. Or <laughs> well, when you can smell yourself, and that's when it, you know it's really bad. When you can yeah, that's smell the... your own stuff every time you move your arm. Yeah, that's that's when you know you've taken the Nurgle theme too far, isn't it? <laughs> right, so we've covered the clubs. We've even gone off topic. So let's talk tournaments now, then, guys. Like we said, Blood Bowl 2020 has introduced a lot of new players and even brought back some existing ones that fell off the wayside. But Tom, like you said, you're a new player, but you're only interested in tournament events. So did you say if you you haven't played an event yet? No, not a not a Blood Bowl one. No, I've only ever played maybe some 40k ones, but. That was at least six, seven years ago. I'm going to start this off then by saying, again, if you are going to these events, 99% of them are NAF events. The 1% is just going to be that one GW event that they do it once a year, but everything else is NAF. So get, get yourself in good standing by seeing what the NAF regulations are when it comes to tournament and it's on the website and it's really simple website you can find all the information straight away prepare for a long read so you know what to expect so you've done that now also what's the, what's the other one tom what's the other one talk fantasy football mm. uh, talk fantasy football is fine just not talk fantasy that's something different altogether <laughs> right and that's another one where there's a lot of people that meet up online and talk because it's a big big forum so what i would suggest then is you look for events on there whether you're in the uk us europe and so on they has got their own categories there so if you can't find information on the naf site you should be able to find it on talk fancy football and remember to read the description thoroughly because they might turn on and say that they got a clarification and a rule they might have got a certain standard of painting for you to turn up with and you've got to know what to bring and i know that sounds simple but a lot of people will forget to bring something it's inevitable human nature but always double check tom does that sound fair no definitely uh, the the only difficulty at the moment i know liam had mentioned is that that the naf haven't committed fully to the 2020 rules as well so it's definitely worth reading like you said the naf and then also when you ever go to a tournament what they're specific because they may decide that they're going to do a slightly higher gold start point anything along yeah. those lines so if you then end up sticking to oh, 1 million 100 then and ended up they've got uh, 1.3 million you You've now already cut yourself down by 200,000 gold. Exactly. But you've really got to pay attention and just not get caught out before you even start. Well, yeah, that's a good point because you've got to double check the amount for the team value so you can sort that out. Like you said, if you just stick to like, oh, I know in the book is 1 million, catch yourself short, you're doing yourself a disservice on that one. So always double check, yeah? But also I think that like you said about, well, I know I've said about if you've got um, if you've got people that you've already made friends with that are also got going to the tournament and know the rules a bit better than 
than you. You send them your roster and just say, does this click all the boxes? Have I got the right TV? Have I got the right this? Oh, did we have starting skills? I thought we did. Is this the right amount? Is this? And so you know before you send it off or before you get to the tournament and it's wrong, someone's had a, at least a little look over it that knows a bit more about it than you do if, you, if you're new to the game and can tell you where you've made a mistake or or something costs more when you go to the tournament. A good point. Well put, that is, Tom. Mm. Only just like I said, like when I was making a list, even when I was talking about Sin City with the guys, they were like, well, in this, it's done tournaments different to league in the way that you've got money and bits and pieces, which I had no idea about, which if I hadn't read the rules and just turned up, I'd have just been stuffed. And some of these events are so big, you can't expect the tournament organisers to double-check your list and get back to you if you mm. miss something. A lot of them are good, and they do get back to you, but you should never prepare yourself with that in mind, just in case something slips through the cracks. I don't want to be like, hello, this is my first time, and now I've made your life even more difficult. Hello. <laughs> so make sure, if you've got a friend going, double-check your list. Like you said, if you didn't know how it was set up, they explained it to you then, didn't they? So they were like, and then it made sense because I can imagine if you did if you're not used to it and they say it's a 1.2 mil and you've got to give five single skills to a player and you've got three doubles you're like well, well what do I pick that makes no sense to me I just play the if I looked at the bog standard team what what way do I build from there now? so well how are you find a star player like the star players are I think bought slightly differently from leagues to tournaments as well. Like yeah. the order that they're bought in and stuff like that. Beard, what have you got to say, Matt? Don't forget your rule book off the back of that. But no, you're absolutely right. With with the rosters, if you are going with a friend or even if you're not going with mates and it's it's your first tournament, I dare say there'll be people on Blood Bowl pages or on event pages where if you say look can i just send you my roster does this look right most people would be willing to run their eye over it and say yeah this looks fine or you're a few thousand gold pieces over or you've got this left to spend you've miscalculated i'm sure they'd be fine to give you a few pointers in that direction you know not all not all grumpy like that and you won't get ignored if you're asking for help yeah it's community is great when it pulls together and for tournament talk if a few people go in together if you ask it on the community page it could be a good step into introducing yourself to other players there so if you do turn up at the tournament if we're lucky enough to be able to lock down and get to a tournament you might bump into someone oh hello i'm tom as an example and they go oh you you tom from two drunk friends yeah i'm tom from two drunk friends and they're like oh what i was speaking to i'm so and so it's a foot in the door you've made a friend there it's not it's not such a long day then if you're going on your own then is it you know what i mean yeah no definitely absolutely so i think that crossover between tournament and league is don't be afraid to talk to people online social media is social for a reason use it accept that there's going to be assholes that are nitpicking for the sake of it just try and find the right crowd on a more sensible note now i'm going to say manage your expectation be it i don't know whether this was what point of fear as well you've got to manage your expectations at a tournament because what you've got to remember is this might be your first tournament but there could be like a hundred people have been playing it for 10 years 20 years who know the game inside and out so don't go in with the, with the idea of oh i'm going to smash this tournament set yourself a real goal oh i'm looking to win a game i'm looking draw as if i lose i want to be at least one point in it so it's, as long as you've got a clear goal that's manageable you can you can set yourself up so you, like i said it's an event is it's gonna have a lot of really good players just don't get lost in the hype for it beard do you agree with that i absolutely agree with that every league 
I go into online or every event I've looked at, I sit there and say to myself, right, if I can get a win against this kind of team, really struggle against elves playing with halflings, for instance, if I can beat one of the three elf teams, I'll be happy. Or if, like you say, Sin City, if I can get one win out of three or one win out of five, I'll be happy with that. I'll be over the moon with that. You know what I mean? So it's about being realistic with yourself. I mean, for me, I'm just happy to turn up and play games most of the time. But in a lot of the recent leagues I'm picking up on playing online, I'm getting, I seem to be doing ever so slightly better each league that I go into. So I'm, at first it was there to make up the numbers and then it was a, oh, I've picked up a couple of draws out of this. Oh, I've got a win. I've got three wins this time. And the last league that finished, I missed out on playoffs by touchdown difference, which don't get me wrong, it was gutting, but I saw an improvement and it's been realistic. So my n- next time I'm aiming to do the same. I'm aiming to get out of eight players in that division, at least fifth again, if I can, because I've, I've, I've managed to do it. But it is, you're absolutely right. It's been realistic. So if you know you're going to an event of 100 players and you've never done tournaments before, don't expect to go in and blow everybody away when you say that there's te- people who have played 10, 15, 20 years of Blood Bowl. Oh, yeah. If you go with the expectation of, great, if I pick up a win, bonus. Do you know what I mean? But like a lot of the bigger events will have multiple prizes. So it won't just be first, second, and third. So there'll be things like best sport, which I've won at a couple of events for other things, things yeah. like that. So you know, it, it's not necessarily just a case of you've got to come on the podium. There's there's lots of other things to achieve. I think for me as well, like you've mentioned, networking with other people, meeting people from the podcasts that we listen to, meet, meeting people from the Facebook pages and from the, 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 the various forums and what have you that are out there. That to me is as important because you're meeting the people you t- you're speaking to online a lot. You're meeting the people that listen to you. You meet, you're meeting the people that give you advice. Work out where you're going to go drinking as well in the evening. Where are you going to go eat? Well, yeah, that's the thing, see, is um, if you go in with manager expectations and you like part of it is I'm just going to introduce myself to people. I'm going to try and make one or two friends. It's a good thing because you know that you're going to bump into them again on the circuit. You might not see them for one or two tournaments and then they're going to turn up on your third tournament. You're like, oh, well, I, is there somebody I know? I can have a chat, I can have a drink, catch up, isn't it? It's always, it's always good just to keep a level head. Tom, do you agree with the manager expectation thing? 100% I think the only one I'll go for is a wooden spoon like wow. most, most losses or, or anything along those lines but no I would never have any expectation of playing a game for the especially the board game version for the first time and expecting anything other than just pure luck like most injuries received or something along those lines Yeah. but yeah no definitely I wouldn't be expecting anything due to it'll be based on pure luck not based on my skill of playing a game for the first time 100% like longest throw or something because I might have like hell married a throw that that's not due to skill that's due to my lack of rolling a six yeah it would just basically be luck if I won anything yeah. on my first tournament no I gotta tell you Tom here's, here's part of the manager expectation at Sin City don't aim for the wooden spoon because that's what I'm aiming for <laughs> I don't want to uh, upset you with walking away with a wooden spoon <laughs> you know I might not be on the podium but a wooden spoon is a trophy yep. still walk away with a trophy I'm aiming bottom of the barrel dying every game losing 4-0 I'm securing that spoon <laughs> the important thing is you're having fun along the way exactly so we have said check your website check the rules check the regulations check what's needed check what your team value is manage your expectation Tom have you been given any other advice other than that my only thing that I would do would then be the the facility type stuff where I've said about the hotel and, and bits and pieces getting an idea of what people are doing in the evenings and and bits and pieces like that if i mean one day events is a bit different but if it's 
if it's a weekend, getting an idea of what's happening afterwards. And because, like I say, a lot of my thing will be as much of it being a social event rather than just playing the blood bowl so if it is yeah. they're going to be two days or sometimes even longer to get an idea of where to stay where to eat where other people are doing it as well because you don't want to have your first day going to a tournament not knowing anyone playing a couple of games but not really speaking about what anyone's doing then having to go back to your hotel room on your own and spending a night by yourself before coming back knowing that other people have had fun what why not put yourself out and try and find what people are doing before you get there so that you know you can aim some somewhere and not hope that someone invites you but actually have worked it out beforehand yeah no that's a good point that is tom so tom's taking the army approach and he's scouting the position he's checking for the high ground he's checking uh checking with the bars i'm looking for more for the low ground (laughs) where the the alcohol and all the fun's gonna be checking checking where the naffy is you what you've got to do is you've got to have the high ground go there's the strip joint and then you run over there you don't know so it doesn't matter how low it is you've got to have the high ground just to see where it is different turn by the time if you're ending up in a strip club after a blood bowl game i'll be wondering if i'm hiding my miniatures yeah not all players will be going to strip joints but yeah socializing is part of the tournament mm. so i'm not saying prepare to get wasted everything but you know make friends enjoy your drink with them you're gonna see, you're gonna see these guys at different tournaments it's no point in having a beef with them or being ignorant everyone's there to have fun so just introduce yourself have a laugh with people you might find that you've you make friends with people that you would never have thought you were going to meet so prepare to socialize it's enjoyable trust me talking to people and drinking is a really good event it's really it's almost as good as playing blood bowl yeah i think just just maybe a bit better i may be biased because this is a blood bowl podcast not a drinking podcast (laughs) but manage expectations and find out what's happening in the area like Tom said, don't hope to be invited places. Make sure you know where the pubs are. Make sure you know where the restaurants and everything are. And then make sure you sort it. My last suggestion, and this is probably more to do with check, like, you know, it's probably another way of checking that you've got everything is don't turn up last minute. Don't turn up rushing through the door and finding a table and all that. Turn up at these at these tournaments with at least 20 minutes. You get through the door, you, you speak to the TO, you actually let them know that you're there and that's and that's another opportunity of checking have i got have i got myself have I got my team have i got my ruler have i got my dice have i got my markers have i got my bands to mark what uh, skills players got and also it's a good way of meeting players before the, to- the tournament starts yeah it's just it sounds like i'm being picky but it's a very sensible thing to do especially for the to probably appreciate it because he's got so much going on and trying to organize the events and make sure that certain people are there that he'd appreciate people being there a little bit early just to make it a bit easier i don't know whether tom you would agree with that i would 100 percent. i hate being late for anything i yeah. i've always wanted to get to some i mean for the sin city i mean i would i'm planning to get there on the friday well if it happens but i was planning to get there on the friday just so that i can be settled in the hotel and have because that was like because the hotels obviously let you in past 12 o'clock so if you're going on the day and it's a two-day event are you going you're going to then have to go from the tournament back to your hotel just to be able to check in and and all of these bits and pieces and it's just I think just you know, maybe I'm a bit too anal but just having an idea of how the whole process is going to work because you're going to be 
a point where like, okay, now my, my car's here, but I need to be there. I need to do this. But yeah, 100% getting there early, just having that time to not be panicking and running around. Like if it's your first event, you don't want your first event to also include trying to work out where on earth your table is. And then also then trying to get the introductions and all of this, because you know that if it's your first tournament, you're not really 100% for the rule. Some of your time will be used up asking questions that you wouldn't do if you knew the rules pretty well but also it's a new version of blood bowl so you're still both going to be looking through the rule book because you're not 100 percent on all of the rules and how they are in them. so you're wasting some of that time already trying to get an idea of this new version of the rule book if that you are going to waste at least half an hour of your maybe two and a half hours you get just asking questions that you wouldn't have done if it was just two people you've played 2016 over and over yeah like the back of the hand yeah no that's that's a good point Danny. beard have you got any further points to add or mine was going to be do a checklist about a week or two before you do go to your event if it's one that's not local to you and you are having to book hotels and travel so that you have a bag or a box ready with everything in including obviously your team your dice your, ro- your printed rosters your rule books any additional printouts that you need super glue you know because breakages happen maybe even a couple of paints and a paintbrush if you have to do any emergency repairs and paint mm. in the hotel the night before or the morning before rather than sort of rushing to pack everything 10 minutes before you get in a car or on the train have it ready to go the weekend before or the night before so you can literally just pick it up and go and you haven't missed anything yeah be it i gotta be honest but it's a good point i will say scratch one up to be Beard. guys i think it's been a lovely discussion i gotta be honest i've it's been a pleasure having you you tom it has indeed been lovely to be on a podcast hopefully we can get you back you know being a nice calming influence on beard <laughs> we'll, we'll hopefully have to do it again and we'll be seeing you again on podcast unite so yes. guys if you are not not away there is a uk blood bowl conglomerate now where we all get together and we chat blood bowl whether that be questions that are sent in by you or if it's a topic that does tickle Tom's fancy, we all get together. So, Tom, is that going to stay on Long Straight, or is that going to go over to the new Two Drunk that Flings? Will probably the Two Drunk Flings one. I mean, it might go on both. Like I say, if he if he wants to host it on his, and then yeah. his, his host site will be linked to it. But it will definitely be on at least one of the two and like I said he goes on to YouTube as well whenever he remembers to unprivate the uh, the recording <laughs> so it can go in the right place or he hasn't accidentally put it on his one rather than the Two Drunk Flings but it will definitely 100% be available so it's Two Drunk Flings on Twitch and YouTube for the people who want to find it it'll be the Two Drunk Flings podcast for Twitch and then it's also there's a YouTube channel as well the Two Drunk Flings podcast as well they both got the same name awesome and they both got the same logo so hopefully I mean the Twitch channel doesn't have anything yet um, like I say the first game will hopefully be me but that may have already happened by the time this gets released I don't know how fast you edit <laughs> oh no this will probably be out mid January oh yeah of course it is sorry yeah nope that's fine what we'll do then is is we are going to take a little break, come back, we're going to ask you a couple of questions before you leave. Yeah. Tom, before we leave, is there anything you want to say? You can plug whatever you want and say to the audience anything that comes to mind. Um, well, in regards to plugging, I mean, everyone hopefully 
the Facebook group, the Instagram account we have as well, and soon to be Twitch. Um, the Twitch thing sounds quite cool. Liam's been explaining it to me. I don't really understand Twitch myself, even though I'm going to be running the group, but it will allow people to just basically at any point, hopefully there will be streamers who will want to host their live stream on their one, but also on the two drunk flings, meaning that if anyone at any point wanted to watch a game, there should be something streaming there. So you can just jump on and see a new streamer who you wouldn't have known existed before. I don't know if there's anything personally I want to plug because at the moment everything's been either two drunk flings, my family or work. So apart from being Liam's PA and uh, and Facebook and Instagram, bitch, there's not really, I don't think I've got anything else. So I'm just hoping that when people, when we can just finally get to tournaments, that, that what we've suggested today will actually be helpful for people. Um, and that there will be hopefully more than just me at these tournaments who will be new and can come and say hello because obviously I've, I have spoken to people now I'm speaking to you guys on your podcast so I know that when I see you in tournaments as well but I'm hoping the new guys come and say hello to me as well yeah because I know what it's like. And so just come, invite, say hello, and we'll invite you to wherever we're going. So don't be put off. And like I've said in another thing, guy with a beard, so you'll see me straight away. So or, guys, if you're not a member of Two Drunk Flings Facebook or Instagram, go find them now. Also do that on Twitch and YouTube, because it sounds like there's some up and coming amazing things happening. Tom, I'm going to say, before we go into the next segment, it's been a pleasure having you, and thank you for turning up. Perfect. Thank you for the invite. It's been great it's been nice to get into podcasting again oh thank you buddy so what we're going to do is we're going to have a break and then i'm going to ask you a couple of dull questions really and a couple of proper questions and then we'll we'll say goodbye perfect we'll see you guys after well after the music Well then guys, that was our show. I hope you enjoyed it. And again, thank you to Tom for turning up and giving us uh, his two cents on what to expect at leagues and tournaments. So Tom, means as we still got you, we're going to ask you a couple of questions. Some were given by a member of the community. Some are me. So... have to guess which is which no you don't have to guess which is which (laughs) because you'll go oh that's somebody sensible must be the community that's a stupid (laughs) question must be jay Uh, yes have a look right here we go why is acorn a thing because someone noticed the very cool little squirrel on the tree man and then thought it would be a good idea to just for a laugh make a model and then the skills were actually incredibly good the Um, skills are ridiculous yeah, and I think that's why everyone's then made one. I think it's just a laugh, isn't it? Just a little squirrel chucking an acorn. Personally, I think it's because they knew they couldn't sell that tree man on its own because it was shit. So they thought, if we add a squirrel to it and then turn that into a star player, we could sell more trees. Exactly. You're buying a squirrel and you're getting a free tree man. Or scenic base. Yeah, it's like scenic base. That's all it's good for. I gotta be honest, I fucking need that tree. I've not used them as my tree men. I've got um, Willy Miniatures ones. The resin ones. Got his willy out? Yeah. There was a 40% off sale, so I went a bit nuts and bought too much stuff. But um, yeah, I've got two tree men for my halflings that I'm going to be painting. I don't blame you. I I think my default alternative is uh, willy miniatures. Because I know I've got the I've got the resiny ones where you've got two alternative heads. One's, yeah. one's helmeted and one's not. They're the ones. 
got and then i've also converted the arms a bit so that they both don't have the same pose i can't yeah. help but convert everything makes a team stand out then doesn't it I, sometimes i do things that are so small that no one else would even notice it but i just can't help myself you wouldn't be the first one because i'll tell you this now gw do you know when they were selling loads of bretonian uh Knights mm. did mo- did mould horse wi- willies on them and nobody noticed. <laughs> did they really? All their horses used to have horse willies, but nobody noticed. I think one person noticed two years after they went out of production. <laughs> I don't I don't want to ponder on why he was looking at metal horse willies. So hey yo, that's side topic. Oh, if you want if you want to see weird willies on miniatures, somebody had a the old keeper of secrets, the one with the bullet. <laughs> And they put this massive dong on it, and I know somebody oh, done it. And I know somebody done, yeah. And I've seen somebody put a flaccid one on uh, Magnus the Red as well. And then instead of painting red, painted in flesh coloured, so it just looked even more wrong. <laughs> you just oh. Have you ever seen the YouTube video of them trying to work out how big the Hulk's Willy is based on his size? I think they worked it out as his penis should be about twenty inches long. I can't remember what they used as the reference. That sounds about right. That does. But the thing is, do you know like the angrier gets he's gonna snap a pelvis isn't he well that's what i was always wondering well how superman with lois lane because that the speed that he goes at, they catch fire. Oh, you'd have, you'd have to slow it down, wouldn't he? Otherwise, he'd he'd given a carpet burn if she didn't shave. Or well, how powerful would the um would the stuff coming out? So I don't know how um explicit I can be in your podcast, but I'll be as explicit as you want. Now, now you're delving like tier three podcast subjects. <laughs> we're, we're now getting to the bit that's actually going to be released for for public. <laughs> It'll just be the jizz conversation. How far? The jizz, Superman's jizz come out. I would say Kryptonite Comdom. It slows it slows the momentum. Mm. But they don't rip and tear the badge. I don't know if the lube will be fast enough. Like, hard wearing enough. Here's another topic. How big would Mr. Fantastic's dick be? Or is this irrelevant because he could stretch it to any size? He can stretch it. But then... This is why you'd have to go out with Elastigirl from The Incredibles. But if he could, if he can take on any shape, could he make multiple willies? And just like one man gang bang. Of course he could. He can make a whole body of them, I guess. Yeah. See, these are the important questions you need to ask. <laughs> we've we've had our sensible part of the podcast where we've ta- where we compared superhero penises. So talk, going from penises, we're going to say ask, blowing all your re-rolls in one turn, is that good? Or there's that a bad move by GW? Sorry, I didn't hear the question because I was looking at the whole really? penis size YouTube video and I just saw one of someone milking a, a bulldog for breeding. And my brain... Oh, sorry, I can't <laughs> unsee that either. Sorry, what was the question? I would hate to see you were, you were in internet history, but... That's the problem, though. We've got to make sure that next time me and my girls watch a YouTube video that nothing like that pops up. Dear Lord, you, you run the gambit every time. <laughs> Sorry, I missed Right, it. I'm going to yes, ask the question again. Blowing all your re-rolls in one turn, is this a good or bad decision by GW? I honestly don't think that it's a huge thing if, if the person I'm playing against I mean, it might be because I play halflings and I like, well, when I'm on the computer now, I play halflings and I like using the chef. That unless they've got three rerolls to start with, my chef hopefully will take at least one of them. So how many rerolls can you actually really blow through per turn? I mean, per game, you've still only got maybe two per half at the most. So all you've got to do is use two in one turn and you've blown through them anyway. I mean, I know that 
that I've done a turn 16, one turn touchdown before, and it felt like the best thing ever. And I only had to use one reroll to do it. But knowing that I can use more than one, I think actually makes half things really powerful. Yeah. If you can reroll the throw and then reroll the land and reroll the go for it, I'm, I'm burning those three rerolls if it means I can get a touchdown out of it. I don't know if it is a massive thing. It depends on how many rerolls you take anyway. Yeah, well, like you said, if you steal three uh, re-rolls because you're chef, that's three re-rolls anyway, so it doesn't matter so much, does it? And it also means that the person you're playing against probably doesn't have anything to burn anyway because you've just nicked them all. Yeah, exactly. Like, to me, uh, I think it's all down to your dice management, and that's unfortunately, it, it wasn't a big thing, I would say, in Blood Bowl tw- uh, 2016. Because you were limited to one turn, one re-roll. You knew that all you had to do was make sure you tried to be sparing with them for the end of the half. But yeah, with this one now, same thing. You've got you've got to manage it correct. But you know, if you've got the option to use use three, go for it. Because we've all like we've all had those games where you got to like turn eight or turn sixteen, and you've got lo- a load of rerolls. That gives you the opportunity then to like try something massive and crazy because you've got a few spare. So I I don't see a problem with it as long as you, as you think of it as a second part of the game, like a subsection of the game. There's nothing wrong with it. Someone's gone nuts and used their only two rerolls to score the one touchdown, and they've done that early. They've got got to go the rest of the the game or well, the rest of that half without any backup should they two skulls or one skull depending on their thing or any pass or any go for it or any dodge unless they have obviously dodge themselves but there's you can burn them go for it and score the touchdown but now you've got nothing for the rest of that half and also if you can get someone who gets angry and starts burning their touchdowns just because they've started failing dice then you're like fine just lose your temper and burn them all because it's going to bite you in the bum later on in the game exactly the only ones that they're going to be kicking in the balls is themselves yeah exactly yeah no it doesn't bother me too much not hugely i i agree completely it's another another management thing do you save them up for your one last hurrah where you might need three re-rolls for that or do you use them throughout the game or in some instances as you say do you buy your three re-rolls thinking i'm going to save them all and then have them stolen by a halfling player with a chef it i i think for the first few games and few events where people do burn them all in one turn one turn and then go well that was a shit idea it'll die off again and people will just use them it'll be down to manage them like you say the people who, who are already good at that micromanaging within game they'll grasp how it works best for them whether it's better one a turn or whether it's best to save them up and just learn to play without them until you need them for that one game break in turn that's right right but my question now is going to be oh it's going to be an animal savagery question what's the craziest play that you've managed to get away with in a blood bowl game i think mine was my turn 16 one turn halfling score that made me win the game but thankfully it was against ar so i didn't feel that guilty but that felt no but that felt pretty amazing um they Annoyingly, they scored in like that turn 15. I thought, oh, it's another draw with my halfling. And then managed to catch it, pick it up. Person standing next to three men, lob him, lands, then dodge twice, then go for it twice and got the touchdown. I, was, I shouted quite loudly when I scored that. <laughs> ah, there you go. You scored a one-turn touchdown. That was my first one. I think it's my only one. The thing is as well, 
because it's the craziest play you at the moment I should say I shouldn't say ever play because that sounds mm. really fucking mean but because that's the craziest play you played at the moment you'll remember that for ages because I think I play a lot of muddling games and I never remember them but if something stupid have happened to me or something stupid happened to the opponent I always remember them I can remember them from years ago thank you for sharing that I got another question now it's a bonehead question. What play did you think of making? Because you thought, this is going to win me the game, and failed disastrously. I know I've had it times where where I've been pretty sure that I'm going to be able to collect the ball and score a touchdown because I've, I've got a dauntless halfling. So I just go around punching people in the face. But I threw another one. I'm sure I punched it clear um, of a player, then threw another halfling to then pick it up and i honestly can't remember what screwed it up but it was something so small and it ended up with them them getting the ball and then being able to pass it along the thing that used to bug me the most was um the chains when you're playing against i still can't really get them properly but when you're playing against l and then they've passed the ball to one which has then lobbed it to another which has then run along and it's just like how have you covered the whole field you've not even had to throw anybody and you've still somehow got it right down to the I'm trying to think of ludicrous stuff i know that i played i know i played one against the team once where they had a yeti passed every single one of its get wilds and was absolutely just maiming everything until the very last turn when there was no one else around it. And that was the only time that it failed its wild run. Yeah, that was that was killer. That destroyed, that thing killed everything on my team. And then literally when there was nothing left, it was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to go wild now. And that was its only failed wild run. You're just looking at it then and going, yeah, now you want to lick your balls. <laughs> now that no one's around you. Well, he's got to get all the blood off him. <laughs> he's just yeah. Well, that's the thing. But I've had that happen to me as well, but that's, that's atrocious. But, but the whole game? Oh, I know that I, like I said, to, that's I think it was the beard as well, where I've had, or it might have been you, where I had the... Um, tree man that had already been rooted that had somehow because of me tackling them the tree man was the one who ended up picking up the ball and couldn't do anything with him apart from try and hand it off to someone else because he was already rooted to the floor and would never score the touchdown that was annoying thankfully he did manage the second time to hand it off to somebody but it was it was frustrating that out of all of the people i could because i think he had pretty much no players left at that point it was just the literally worst person to catch it because he was already secured yeah. to the floor. Yeah, he could have handed it to his own teammate and lobbed him at the same time, but he couldn't even do that because I only had one tree man available at the time as well. So I couldn't even hand the ball to the halfling to then throw the halfling because it counted as his, as his action. So even then, when I passed it to the halfling, I still couldn't really get up the board because that was the one action i would say that's a very boring nuffle move that is but that's really unfortunate i gotta be honest yeah but oh. it's this those things happen i mean like the like where you're chained like you're going for this chainsaw maneuver and you end up chopping yourself in half your fanatic ends up wrapping yeah <laughs> your fanatic ends up wrapping themselves up in their own cord and that's half the fun the stupidness as well yeah if you'd expected it to be fun all well and good but then if you would think if you were relying on that play you've put too much effort into it you're not going to enjoy it but this is why i told everyone earlier just to have fun fuck it 100 get a tier three team right tier three teams breed legends my last question to you my friend is mm-hmm. going to be what's your current 
team that you're building and what team are you looking at next? Well, when you start the game for the first time, you end up buying tons of stuff. So my first team was the Elf team and I'm currently doing a Chaos Dwarf team. Star Players Miniatures one. Oh, very nice. Yeah, they're, so they're really cool and I'm painting them up and they may be my first team because I haven't, depending on if Sid City happens, I'm not sure if I'll get my Halflings painted before that event. So I think I might go Chaos Dwarfs, but with an idea that either Halflings or Kemri might be my team after that and they're the other. Oh, and I have Snotlings. Started to the game quite new and I've already got six teams, I think. So I've got Snotlings paint up as well. Best way to be that is, but you've got variety over there then. Right then, guys, I think that's enough uh, badgering of Tom at the moment. So hopefully we'll get him back in the future and we get to ask him more questions. So, Tom, we're going to say goodbye now. Been a pleasure. Sorry, I'll shut up. Oh, Tom, you're perfect. <laughs> so, goodbye to Tom. Goodbye, Tom. <laughs> I didn't know when it was time to see you later thank you for today it's been great no thank you tom for being a pleasure to be around thank you beard because you have been fantastic as well and i don't tell you enough thank you very much on that note i'm going to say goodbye on behalf of the pod good night, good night.